to a life-changing encounter with the Word of God, presented from the Lighthouse Chapel International. This rich teaching provides clear and straightforward answers for everyone desiring to walk according to the Word of God. Reverend Samuel Sawyer is an anointed man of God with a special grace for teaching the Word of God and a unique passion for building people and positively transforming lives. He is currently the resident head pastor of the LCI Rose of Sharon Cathedral, Accra, Ghana. Enjoy some of the most comprehensive and down-to-earth teaching as taught in the Lighthouse Chapel International. We want to start praying for yourself. We worship you, Lord. You have done great things. We bless your holy name. If you believe the Lord has done great things, you want to thank him, you want to give him praise, you want to worship him. Speak to him. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Come, O oh Lord, and speak to me. Speak through me. Open my ears. Help me, Lord. Maria Father, we worship you. We give you praise, O Lord. Let your word have free cost. Let it be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Thanksgiving. Amen. Put your hands together. You may take your seats. You welcome once again. The second Sunday of the year. The year has started. And God's mercy is new. Somebody say his mercies are new. Say it one more time. His mercies are new every morning. Let me tell you, God is not afraid of the new year. So don't be afraid. Amen. I say God is not afraid of the new year. So don't be worried. Don't be anxious. Don't say that this year, dear, I don't know. And don't let anybody tell you any negative thing about the new year. Saying it is um, 13. So 13 is a bad number or any bad news. In fact, don't let anybody who has um, settled for second best convince you also to do the same. Do you understand what I'm saying? Always strive to live as per God's standards. Someone say God's standards. Amen. Sometimes people think that because they cannot do something, God can also not do it. It's a mistake. The fact that you cannot do it doesn't mean that God cannot do it. The Bible says the things that are impossible with um, man is possible with God. God bless you. Amen. When you look at your natural self, you can see some impossible things. Isn't it not so? Yeah. How can I do this? I cannot, how can I marry? I wanted to marry last year. It didn't happen. I wanted to marry the year before. It didn't happen. I wanted to finish school. I want to buy this. And sometimes the devil wants to convince you that it's impossible. It won't work. But this year you want to believe that all things are possible to him that believes. Can I hear amen? amen. This year you want to believe that you're going to go higher and higher. Can I hear amen? amen? This year you want to believe that the things that you think about, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what you think about. Can I hear Amen. And I want you to believe God for a good year. Last week we started talking about uh, the new covenant. Someone said the new covenant. And I told you that I'm speaking to you about above the law. It means higher than the law or elevated above the law. When I say the law, I'm not talking about the 1992 constitution. No, I believe in being law-abiding citizens of any country that you are in. I lived in different countries and in all the countries I made sure I was law-abiding. If I needed documents, I got my documents for those countries. Are you listening to me? So when I talk about above the law, I'm not talking about a constitution or a human law. But I'm talking to you about the law of sin and death. I'm talking to you about the law of Moses. And um, quickly, today, I think the subtitle today is The Blessings of the New Covenant. 
the blessings of the new covenant who wants some blessings one or two people want some blessings may you receive blessings even as you're sitting in the house of the lord at the end of this uh message may you receive a phone call can i hear amen yeah. which will be bringing you good good news in fact throughout this week may you receive a message that will elevate you above the inferior it will elevate you above the mediocre it will elevate you above the status quo it will elevate you above everything that wants to hold you down i see you rising higher and higher in jesus name somebody say amen i believe it with all my heart and i believe it also for you amen this year one of my beliefs is that the things that satan has over the years tried to trap us in and snare us cause us to be held bound whether it is fear whether it's limitation whether it is anxiety whether it's sickness whether it's poverty whether it's a way of thinking this year my belief is that we are going to set ourselves free through the power of the word can i hear amen now let's turn to a few scriptures very quickly want to read hebrews chapter 8 i'm going to read hebrews chapter 8 i'm going to read hebrews also chapter 7 i'm going to read romans chapter 8 i'm going to read galatians chapter 5 verse 22 and 23 are you ready to hear all those verses say i'm ready it will bless you as you take the word of god and you believe it for yourself hebrews chapter 8 we're starting and um we mentioned in the previous weeks beautiful good we mentioned in the previous weeks that there has been different covenants that god has made somebody said different covenants we want to sum all of it as the old covenant reason why i'm saying this is because there's a new covenant and once there's a new covenant you see there were old covenants is it a simple way of understanding it we have just about 30 minutes to preach the word of God. 30 minutes, 40 minutes, 50 minutes at the, at the max. So come along with me so that you can hear everything very, very well. And we said last week that we have what we call the Noahic Covenant. Some say the Noahic Covenant. That's the very first time we hear of the word covenant um, in the Bible. And God was speaking with a man who was called um, Noah. Amen. And God said he would establish his covenant with Noah in that he was going to preserve um, a section of the world from um, water or from destruction. And then we also heard about the Abrahamic covenant. Someone say Abrahamic. Was Abrahamic covenant the covenant that God made with Abraham, which is uh, fully spelled out in Genesis 15, but was introduced from Genesis 12, the first time we hear God speaking to Abraham, was contingent or it was based on Abraham obeying. It was based on Abraham obeying. So in Genesis 12, verse 1, 2, 3, we see God telling Abraham, get thee out of the country, out of the kindred, out of the family, and to the land that I will show you. It sounds like a strange instruction to give to somebody, telling somebody, go somewhere. But you don't tell him where he's supposed to go. You say, I'll show you. It's like I pick up the phone and I call you. Hello, hello. Is that you? Yes, it's me, Ben. And then I said, come. And then I don't tell you where to go. You say, where? And I say, I'll show you. It sounds a little silly, isn't it? So, but that was Abraham. And the Bible says, he said, I'll make thy name great. I'll make thee a blessing. And I'll bless them. I'll bless you. I'll curse thee them that curse you in chapter 15 of genesis we see the actual covenant being enacted where god made abraham slaughter some um, turtle doves and then he made abraham walk between them that was the style somebody say style that was a style that a covenant was established in those days in the land a covenant is just an agreement somebody say agreement 
There's agreement between two parties. Mostly one is bigger, one is smaller. And one says, I'll do this. The other says, I'll do that. And the covenant that we have between us and God is God who is saying he will do so much. Are you listening? Ours is just to receive and obey. The Abrahamic covenant was a picture of the new covenant. It was a picture of the covenant that God made with us when he sent Jesus into the world. Listen to me very carefully. I need this background so that we can go very quickly. So in Genesis 15, God made the covenant with Abraham when he told him that he's going to give him descendants and his descendants will possess the land and all that. In Genesis 17, the covenant has still not been established. Abraham was still without a child and he was complaining. And God told him, he reminded him of the covenant. Ladies and gentlemen, God has sent me to remind you of every covenant that he's made with you. That no matter what has gone on in your life, no matter who has gone ahead in your life, God wants to remind you that his covenant with you, he will not destroy. Amen. We also have the covenant that he made with David. We also have the covenant that God made with Moses. A lot of people are familiar with the Mosaic covenant or the covenant with Moses. In John chapter 1 verse 17, the Bible says, For the law was given by Moses. Someone said the law was given. The law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Christ Jesus. Now in the Mosaic law, where we can also uh, see what we have, uh, what we call the Ten Commandments. Some say the Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments is something that we teach almost all Sunday school children. If you went to a proper Sunday school, I believe you would have learned the Ten Commandments. That shall not kill, that shall not... What's the first commandment? That's, I'm the Lord thy God, that shall have no other gods before me. Is it not so? And then it follows on and on. There are ten of them. Can we try and see whether we can remember them? Number, number two is that shall not what? Okay, let's mix it up. That shall not steal. And you say, man, we are. Man, but sorry, now we be mobile phone. Yeah, man, yes, I say, yes, I mean, now also, would you, we need any name. Open mobile phone. Mercy. That shall not what? That shall not bear false witness. Cha. Charlie, you hear the latest villa? You know, be say, they say, last spring, go pregnant girl. We want a bot. We, the doctor say, no, go feed you. If I bring money, well, let's bring us in. No, get money. Somebody say, Filler. That's another false witness against your neighbor. What's the other, uh, what I call it, uh, commandment? That shall not do what? That shall not covet thy neighbor's wife. Oi. And Ruth said, Woke up party, now your mawo, Adriane, and your plate, you got KLM. Do you know KLM? Wings. Chicken wings. And then you see that somebody got Tyson. Do you know Tyson? That is the Tice. Hey! You shouldn't covet it. Just fix your eyes in your plate and eat it. Married men say, Amen. It means after you are married, you see other people who are more beautiful than your wife. Hey! More succulent and juicy and tantalizing. Huh? Stintillating and titillating. Hey! But thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. Put your hands together for the Lord. Another commandment is what? That shall not do what? Although shall another father and mother, all right? So many, um, how do you call it, commandments. And I believe that these commandments had a purpose. Some say it had a purpose. It was God who brought these commandments so that the children of Israel could follow them. And he promised them, if you follow them, he promised them financial blessings. He promised them health blessings. He promised them all kinds of blessings. And there were a lot of other commandments associated with the Ten Commandments. Unfortunately, today, there are Christians who base their lives only on the Ten Commandments. It's a pity. The Ten Commandments are, were just a forerunner of what God wanted to establish in our hearts. Are you listening to me? That's why Jesus Christ said that I came to fulfill the law. He didn't even come to take it away, but I came to fulfill it. Now listen very carefully. If you, somebody wants to just follow all the uh, commandments you cannot. 
Because fulfilling the Ten Commandments is based on fulfilling all of it. Every single law. I quote Leviticus 19.19 to let us know that we cannot fulfill all the law. Because Leviticus 19.19 talks about wearing a garment of mixed material. So if you follow all the other laws but you, you even break one, you are breaking all the rest. Are you okay with my summary? Can I go ahead? Well, in the book of, um, what's the name? Hebrews chapter 8. I said Hebrews, didn't I? Hebrews chapter 8. Let's look for it very quickly. We see the establishment of a new covenant. Amen. Now, what does that new covenant uh, stand for? Or what does it do? Or what do I gain from it? That is the thrust of my message this morning. What do I gain from this new covenant? Or what are the blessings of the new covenant? Where is Hebrews? Where is Hebrews? You don't know Hebrews? It's before James. In Hebrews chapter 8, reading from verse 6, Talking about Jesus, he said, but he has now obtained a more excellent ministry. Jesus has obtained a more excellent ministry by how much he is a mediator of a better covenant. Someone say better covenant. Don't let me lose you. Stay closely connected with me. Follow me with your spirits. Amen which is based upon better promises. Verse 7. For if that first covenant, someone say first covenant. If that first covenant had been faultless. You see? The, the, the new covenant was necessary because the first one could not do certain things. Tell somebody, the first one could not do certain things. Amen. He said, then there should no place have been sought for the second. If we didn't have a sort of, let's call it a problem, or he will say, an issue with the first one, then we will not have required the second one. But there was a problem with the first one. Verse 8 says, for finding fault with them, he said, behold, the days come, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Verse 10. For this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel. After this day, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their mind and write them in their hearts. And I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people. Verse 11. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least to the great. And the new covenant, the Bible is saying that the law will be written in our hearts. Secondly, there wouldn't be the need for somebody to, to teach his neighbor because everyone will know the Lord from the least to the great. Verse 12 says, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. Verse 13. In that he saith a new, the Bible says it means the old passes away. Here ended the reading of the word of God. Reading number 2. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Are you blessed we are reading the Bible? Are you sure I can read the Bible? Are you not offended at me for reading the Bible? Is there a problem if we read a Bible? Is there a blessing if we read a Bible? Are you excited about the Bible? Is the Bible for you and I? Is the Bible to be read? Is it to be believed? Is it to be obeyed? Wow. I have the best congregation in the world. Put your hands together for yourself. The book of Romans chapter 8 
We want to read from verse 1. And believe me, you, this message is going to affect the way you think. It's going to affect the way you relate. It's going to affect the way you see God working in your life. In Romans chapter 8, it starts with a declaration. Somebody say, a declaration. One more time, a declaration. Somebody say, the Roman declaration. Somebody say, the Kumasi declaration. There is therefore now no condemnation. Oi! There are many Christians who walk around feeling condemned. Oh! As a PD one, you have to relate to somebody like that. Any small thing you say, the person thinks that you're talking about him or her. Who knows somebody like that? I'm happy with the one who said myself because I'm also inside. Who said myself? Sometimes you are there and realize that Charlie, any small thing somebody says, it's like, hmm. Because we say, even in the church, the pastor can be preaching. His mind is not on you. I remember once upon a time, I finished preaching, and a lady came to see me and said, Pastor, why were you talking about me? I said, you. I didn't even see you in the church. Say, said, Pastor, you were talking about me. I said, you. What did I say? Eh, you were saying this and that. I said, I did not even see you in the church for me to talk about you. Sometimes we are so full of self-importance that we think that everything's got to be about ourselves. What a shock. We are so full of self-importance that we think that if we do not acknowledge you, then it means that we don't respect you. But the Bible says there's therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Jamaica. Oi. To them which are where? In Christ Jesus. Ask your neighbor. <laughs> Say it again. Boof. Imbe Oyo. One mountain cry no, and just say who him. Oi. Many wo and see oh. Charlie, we'll learn it another time. But there's therefore now no condemnation for them who are in, in, in Christ Jesus. The new covenant is a covenant that places us in Jesus. The old covenant was following a set of rules and a set of laws that shall do this, that shall not do that. That shall do this. But the new covenant, it talks about, you know, a relationship. Somebody say a relationship. The old covenant or the law is like a mirror. And I brought the mirror into church so that you could see. A mirror. Inside the mirror, you see yourself. You see your face. Pimples and all. Oi! Pastor, I will come and ask him. As soon as I said pimples, you thought I was talking about you. All of us, we have pimples. Only that some people have hidden it under layers and layers and layers of uh, powder. But the mirror will just show you how you are. Who you are. What is wrong with you? Are you getting what I'm saying? But the mirror ain't got no power or ability to actually change you. Say the mirror ain't got no power to change me. It just shows you who you are. Amen. And that's what the law is. In fact, Paul says it in another way in Galatians. He said that the law was our schoolmaster. The schoolmaster, just said, it was teaching us, it was showing us that Charlie. This place is no good. This place is no good. This place is no good. Oh, you fall. You do it. That, that was what the law was doing. Are you listening to me? There's therefore no condemnation for them that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after 
the spirit. Then it begins to talk about different laws. Somebody say different laws. From verse 2 all the way to verse can we go down, down, down now? Let's start from verse 2. It says, For the law of the spirit of life. The law of the spirit of life. The law of the spirit of what? Life. In Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Now verse 3 is interesting. It says, for what the law could not do. Tell somebody there were things the law could not do. They say, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. What did he do? And for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. Amen. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Now, verse 5 and verse 6, I want you to underline it because it's going to underpin one of the blessings I'll talk about today. It says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, what do they mind? They mind the things of the spirit. Ask somebody, What do you mind? Flesh or spirit? Ask somebody, what do you mind? As we are entering into a period of fasting, like we announced at the beginning for those who are here, next week, Monday, we are starting our annual fast. It's starting every day, 5 o'clock to 8 o'clock. We'll be meeting here to pray. In the day, we believe we would have fasted. And then when we come to pray, we'll be praying according to a book written by the bishop, he that hath to him shall be given, and he that hath not from him shall be taken that which he hath. Even. Listen very carefully. There are people who will not be able to join us because they will be minding their flesh. They will be saying that, hmm, Ediani Vese, Medimayari. I had a friend like that. That was his normal statement. I say, me, Ediani Vese. Can't you say Adriani He said, It is better for the fool to spoil in his stomach rather than to be on the table and spoil. That's what he said. He would prefer to eat the food and get sick rather than the food will be on the table and it will get spoiled. Say, Adriani This is somebody who's obviously thinking about what? The flesh. His mind is always on the flesh. What the flesh will eat, what it will drink, what it will sniff, what it will do. And they are Christians like that because they have forgotten that they live under a new covenant. They live under a law that is higher than that law. Can I speak to somebody? Are you blessed you came to church? I'm helping you to, 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 to have a Christian life that will not be bound no longer to sin. That will be bound no longer to jealousy. That will be bound no longer to the flesh. But that would operate a higher law. The law was given by Moses. But grace and truth, it came by Jesus Christ. One of the things about the old covenant, it was a set of rules and a set of regulations. But in the new covenant, we have not been given a set of rules. Say, I have not been given a set of rules. Because those rules cannot help me. Because those rules cannot help me. Say, I have been given a person. And his name is Jesus. Say, his name is Jesus. It is a relationship with Jesus. It's by receiving Jesus. Not receiving a set of laws. Amen. Let me read very quickly and then we'll be closing. What verse were we in? What verse were we in? I said take note of verse 5 and verse 6. I'm on verse 6. Are you there? Underline verse 6 in your Bible. I says, for to be carnally minded. 
is death. Hey. But to be spiritually minded is what? Life and peace. There are too many Christians who are carnally minded. They are always thinking of the flesh. Always thinking of food. Always thinking of sex. Always thinking of uh, money. Always thinking of, uh, I don't know what they think about, alcohol. Hey. Alcohol. Charlie. There, my dear. I said, when you have that's what I heard. Somebody said, "They say, Ben, my dear, and say, 'Wenum I told you about my friend. He was called Red, and he was talking about. He was a liberal on my side. He was talking about another friend of mine. This friend was called Dake. Dake. You say Dake. Can't you be said Dake? One name in Shanum. Shanawaya Keshisa. One name in Shanum Wanka. There are people who believe in miliki of a certain sort, who believe in fleshly desires and passions, who believe, and they are Christians as we are sitting here right now. Can I say what I want to say? Oi! They are not married though. But if you make a mistake and you open their Bible, a CD can fall out. Pastor, a Bible more than me fan she ho. Ah, who fan she Bible? No, they are already saying. Say Matthew, Matthew. If there's a young man next to you, put your hand inside his back pocket. Hey, hey. Hey, what did you find? What a shock. But today I bring you something that is higher than the law. Something that will help you to lead a victorious Christian life. It says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Say, Life and peace. Say, Life and peace. Life and peace. There's something I want to help you in a short time and then we will close. One blessing of the new covenant is that God writes his law in our hearts. God writes his law in our hearts. God writes his law in our hearts. Not on a tablet, not on a stone, but he writes it. How do I know that God has written it in our hearts? I can give you multiple verses. Let's start from Romans chapter 10. In Romans chapter 10, when we read verse 8, the Bible says is that what seeth it? It says the word of God is near you and even in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach to you. All of us sitting here, if you truly say you are born again, you have a seed. Somebody say a seed. You have an incorruptible seed that is inside you. The day you became born again, there was a seal, according to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. There was a 13. There was a seal that was put in you. The seal of the Holy Spirit. Are you listening to me? Where God now writes his, 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 his word on your heart. Because Jesus Christ comes to stay inside you. And Jesus staying inside you, he is dead and gone, but it is a spirit that is inside you. One example is a man. Somebody say a man. A rich, young ruler who came to see Jesus in Luke chapter 18. And then he decided from verse 18, very quickly, he decided to ask Jesus a certain question. And this question, a lot of people sometimes ask the question. Meanwhile, they know the answer. And a lot of people ask questions when they receive the answer, they are not ready to follow it because you can see from their actions that 
they were not ready to follow the answer. Can I preach to all of you? Ask somebody, you be like lie man, or you know, be like lie man. If you are not a lie lie man, as I present this story to you, I want you to see yourself inside this story. Luke chapter 18, verse 18. And a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? I believe all of us, we want something eternal, isn't it so? Something far beyond the temporal. What shall I do to inherit eternal life? Let me put this in perspective. Eternal life is not just the life that happens when we are dead. It happens now. It happens what? Now. Someone say it started now. Eternal life has started now. It, eternal life is the life of God. It's what? It's the life of God. If I give you American life and I give you Cantamanto life, which one will you choose? I said, if I give you White House life, do you know White House? White House is the seat of government of the United States of America, uh, their president. If I give you the life that goes on there, or I give you Buckingham Palace life, do you know Buckingham Palace? And I give you Sodom and Gomorrah life. Which one will you choose? Oi! Sodom and Gomorrah. What? I had a friend in Zimbabwe. He said there's a particular area in Zimbabwe like Sodom and Gomorrah. He said the place is so wild that if you go to bath, you have to put the soap in your mouth. Otherwise, by the time you finish, somebody has stolen it. <laughs> you cannot put it on a ledge. And I told him that even we have a wilder place in Ghana. Someone say a wilder place. I said in Ghana, you don't even go with the soap. You leave the soap at home. You just rub it on your head. And then you go without the soap. Someone say amen. Hey. Are there children here? There are children here, so I can't see the next thing. But in another place too, a man was talking to me. And he said that, Charlie, this place, the people are so wild. Help me pass it. Should I say it or should I say it? Should I say it? Yes. Said so the people are so wild that if you are sleeping with your wife or your girlfriend or so, if you don't take care, by the time you finish, you are stolen the condom. Hey! Hey! Would you prefer to have a life that is Sodom and Gomorrah? or a life that is Buckingham Palace life. I'm talking to you about eternal life. Someone say eternal life. It is the God kind of life. It starts from here. It is the life of the impossible being made possible. Somebody say amen. It's the life that is exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think. Somebody say amen. It's a life where the Bible says come all ye who are thirsty buy without money. Someone say amen. This year you're going to buy without money. Can I hear you? This year in your house you are going to find... Are you the one who gave me the testimony? Come, 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 come and share the testimony. One morning I was praying around 6 a.m. And then this man sent me a text message. He said, Pastor, your testimony has... Uh, whatever, I've forgotten the message. Where's the microphone? People are against me. Are you for me or are you against me? Microphone. Put your hands together for this testimony. Yeah, uh, last year around me, Ref came to my office and we went to my site. So Ref prayed a special prayer that he's praying to God that God will give me materials that I have not used my own money for. Materials and that you have not used your own money for. Not that you are going to steal it all. And by the grace of God, uh, this very month, I received some money from some people. Then I was also listening to Prophet's message. And Prophet said he started buying materials when he was in school. So I link it with the prayer that Rev prayed. And I said, no, this money, I can't just use it. So I started using it for buying material. Then he clicked in my mind. That was the prayer that Rev prayed some time ago. This is not my salary. It's money that has been dashed to me. So I gave Rev that message. Amen. Put your hands together. If you understood what was going on, you will give the Lord a shout offering. Listen, 
And I say this as a prophecy to anybody here who is believing God for something. Don't think that everything that you are going to have in your life is going to be based by your sweat and by your efforts. If that's what you are thinking, then you are making God a liar. If that's what you are thinking, then you are saying that God can only work as per your thinking. But God is not bound by your thinking. I say God is not bound by the limitations of your thinking. Can I hear amen? Some of you here, God is just waiting for you to believe. And you will receive. I need to say this clearly so they can understand it. There's something about God. Some say there's something about God. See, in Hebrews chapter 11, when we read verse 5 and verse 6, it says, for without faith, it is impossible to do what? To please him, to please God. But the Bible says, he that comes to God must, must do a lot of things. Is that what the Bible says? He said, he must believe. He must do what? He must believe that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Somebody say, I must believe. Say, I must believe. I must believe. But unfortunately, people don't believe. And there are Christians who don't believe. And they show their unbelief by their actions. But rather, Paul said, that, show me your faith by what you do. There are Christians who have place something ahead of them and they are calling that thing God. Mercy. Mercy. I just about five minutes and I'll close. In Romans chapter 10, there was a group of people and Paul was speaking. As a good pastor, he was concerned about the people and he says something in Romans chapter 10. Let me just say it and then we'll go. I says, for I bear them record, reading from the second verse, I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Ask somebody, do you have a zeal? What did he say? He said, but not according to knowledge. One of the purposes for which you come to church is that knowledge or light will come into your life. Someone say, knowledge will come into my life. If what I'm sharing with you, you're able to make war with it your life will change. In verse 3, Paul said, they, being ignorant of the righteousness of God, that is, they don't know what God calls righteousness. They don't know what God desires. And going about, going about means they are moving from here to here. To establish their own righteousness, they have not subjected themselves or submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. This morning, I want you to subject yourself to the righteousness of God. Can I hear amen? And this is the problem that this rich, young ruler found himself when he came to Jesus in Luke chapter 18. And he started by trying to give a rap. Somebody say a rap. He said, good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Sometimes when people want to rap you, then they come with all sorts of words. And they come with all sorts of words. They, that, that they themselves, they know that Charlie, they want to wrap you. Is it not so? Husbands, amen. Sometimes when your wife comes and then this time she's extra nice, know that she's about to ask you something. Hey! Wives, is it true? They say, we are saying it. But you know, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Somebody say, do. You see, Jesus Christ, he will relate with you as per the way you want to relate with him. He was in the boat. The boat was capsizing. It was sinking. He was there. Sleeping and snoring. Because that's what the disciples wanted. So the disciples woke him up and said, Master, Master, carry us not that we perish. Oh, oh. There are some of you, Jesus is in your boat, but you are perishing. May your eyes be open to relate with Jesus in a proper way. When this man came to see Jesus on the basis of the law, Jesus also responded to him on the basis of the law. Because this man came and said, what shall I do? 
Too many Christians say, what shall I do? It's not about what you do. It's about what you believe. I say, it's about what you believe. It's about what you believe. It's about what you believe. Start from a belief. Start from a conviction. Start from what? A belief. That is why the Holy Spirit is there in your heart. Telling you what to do. But a lot of us, we are stubborn. That's what the Bible says. For the law of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. From today, begin to set your mind. If you then be risen with Christ, set your heart, set your affections on things above. Think about God. Think about what Jesus has done. Let your mind be full. Bible says you keep in perfect peace. He whose mind is set on him because he trusts in him. Somebody with me. Are you listening to me? Then Jesus asked this young man, what does the law say? He said, oh, that shall do this. That shall do this. Can we read it? He said, why call me good? Go, 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 go to verse 20 very quickly. Very quickly. He says in verse 20, thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not do this. Jesus Christ was talking about the commandments for Christ's sake. He was the one who had come to fulfill the commandment. But he was talking about it. It is not an excuse that, oh, if Jesus said it, then, ah, Jesus wanted us to follow the commandment. If you read, you realize that Jesus Christ was just operating as per how this young man wanted him to operate. Are you with me? So Jesus said, oh, do not kill, do not do this. Verse 21, listen to the response of the young man. He said, all these, all these, these have I kept from my youth. Are you correct? Is it correct? When it's correct, let me know because of that I don't know. I have done all. And there are Christians like that who have done everything. I have done everything. Done everything. You would have expected that if you have done everything, then that's all. But listen to the response of Jesus. Verse 21, can we go? Verse 22. It says, And when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, Eshe mokome. Eshe mini. Eshe. Eshe. Bo. Ekome. Ekome. It's left with one. Can I tell you that one thing? I said, can I tell you that one thing? And that is that one thing that is written in your heart. That is that one thing that God will want all of us to follow. God has written his law in our hearts. And you know it and I know it. But because we don't hack in well to the voice of the spirit. We, and we hack in more to the voice of the devil. We hear more about what we ought to do. As per the devil. Not as what the Holy Spirit is telling us. Somebody say mercy. Pastor, what you are saying is tough. Oh. Because me, when I wake up in the morning, I tune in the TV. And I see a movie. Then I go watch the movie. Sir. I mean, sometimes if you are true to yourself, you realize that sometimes you wake up in the morning and realize that there's a voice telling you do this or do that. The more you listen to the Holy Spirit and the more you obey him, the more you hear him speaking to you. Can I hear amen? As I'm speaking right now, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. But the question is, maybe you are not listening. You have established your own thing that you want to hear. You listen to Johnny Waskaracha more than you listen to the word of God. You concentrate more on BBC than you concentrate on the word of God. Listen. Jesus said unto him, You lack one thing. Sell all that you have and distribute to the poor and you shall have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. What Jesus did was to give him a summation of the commandments or the law. Which was he, Jesus. Because all the things that the man has said was also like a law. It's not rules. But what Jesus did was to give him what? A summary. Some say a summary. Jesus gave him himself. Jesus did what? He gave himself. He said, go and sell all the other things, the things that are an obstacle to you. And by the way, I'm not saying go and sell your things. No, that's not what Jesus means. It is a principle. The principle is that don't place 
your energy or your strength or your faith or your belief in the things that you have been able to do with your hand or in your money or in your marriage. Somebody gets married, the next time I realize he doesn't come to church again. Somebody gets a new job, he can't come to church again because that is what he believes in. You know what happened to this young man? The Bible says he went away very sorrowful. He could not meet that standard. He could not meet the standard of receiving Jesus in his heart. Anything but Jesus. That's what some of you say. Anything but Jesus and a relationship with him. I will sing. I will be in the choir and I will sing. You want singing? Look. I am Sissy Winers. You are Nita Bynum, darling. Check. Kirk Franklin all rolled into one. Singing. Pastor, ah, I will sing. Offering. Ooh, I will give my offering. Sweeping the church. Ah, I will sweep the church. What again? I will do it. But Jesus is saying, I want to know you. I'm standing at the door of your heart. Boom, 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 boom. And I'm knocking. I want to come inside. Somebody hearing the voice of Jesus? Is somebody hearing the voice of Jesus? Pastor, this is too much. Me, I just want to be a good person. But a relationship with Jesus, they're my boyfriend or that. I'm helping you. If you can cultivate a relationship with Jesus, in the, the, the blessing of the new covenant is that God writes his law in your heart. And not just that, he actually takes away your old heart. And then he puts in a new heart. Can I hear amen? Where you are operating under, you have a heart transplant. But the problem is that you don't concentrate on the new heart. You don't concentrate. Jesus put it in another way. In Luke 5, the last three verses, 37, 38, 39. He said, no man having drunk old wine desireth the new. He was talking about a way of thinking. Some say a way of thinking. Under the new covenant, the way you think has to change. For the carnal mind is enmity against God. Too many Christians, the way they think, they don't think with Jesus. They think with their old thinking. They think, you see, that's why the devil is still able to tell you that fornicate. Because they, the devil makes you think that you are still under the law. The devil makes you think that you are still serving sin. The devil makes you think that you are still obliged. Do you know, Ghana, we don't pay tax to Britain. But do you know we used to pay? When we were a colony of Britain, we used to pay? Are you aware? When we were a colony, we used to do certain things. But we don't do that again. America used to pay tax to um, England. America used to pay tax. So one day they rebelled. And they said, we won't pay tax again. And then, they, 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 how do they call it? They set themselves free. And then there was a declaration of independence for America. You, as you are sitting here, you are no more under sin. That you should save sin. There's a new law in your heart. It has been written on your heart. Decide to look for that one and follow it. Is somebody here with me this morning? I say, somebody here with me this morning? The new heart, the old heart has been taken away and a new heart has been given you. Let me give you blessing number two and then we go home. Blessing number two, we belong to God and he belongs to us. We belong to God and he belongs to us. I can go on and on about blessing number one, but I want you to go and think about it. That is a new heart that God has given you. And God is expecting you that you should begin to think of Jesus. Always remember Jesus. Let Jesus be uppermost in your mind. Not a law of do's and don'ts. That is why I spoke about the spirit, the, the, the fruits of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, etc., etc. Am I helping somebody? Blessing number two, we belong to him and he belongs to us. Do you have that one? Or I belong to him and he belongs to me. Songs of Solomon chapter 6 verse 3, we want to close. Songs of Solomon chapter 6 verse 3, we want to close. In this covenant blessing, you are now no more your own. 
you are now no more what? Your own. You belong to Jesus and Jesus or God belongs to you. Songs of Solomon chapter 6 verse 3. If you are there, say amen. If you are not there, say wait a minute. What does the Bible say? Let's all read together. One, two. I am... For those of you who don't have beloveds, I thought you would be the one to shout it from the rooftop. Oh. This morning, I spoke to a couple, a husband and a wife who were coming. And as they were getting inside, I said, I spoke to the man, how is your beloved? And I knew that the man would be thinking, ah, but I'm a married man. Why are you talking about beloveds? But you see, sometimes when you marry, you forget that the one that you married is still your beloved. Mercy. Today, I want you to know that the fact that you are born again, it should not make you forget that you belong to God. And he belongs to you. The writer says, I am my beloved. And my beloved is mine. This is a very profound statement. Amen. When you belong to somebody or somebody belongs to you, it is a different subject matter altogether. It talks about security. Somebody says security. Ask somebody, are you secure? Oi. Listen very carefully. We want to close. There are different relationships you can have with somebody. Amen. Either you can be a slave of somebody. Either you can be a servant of somebody. But you can also be a child of somebody. Somebody say a child. In this new covenant blessing, God himself calls us children. And I want you to take note of something. When you go to the Old Testament, where you have all these covenants, nowhere, nowhere does God ask us to call him father. Amen. It's only under the new covenant that he says that we should call him Abba Father. Because there is a new relationship that has been established. Am I helping somebody here this morning? Amen. And if you belong to Christ and Christ belongs to you, it means there are certain benefits. What are the benefits? I say, what are the benefits? The benefits is that there is somebody who is going to do something for you. I like this one so much. Sometimes you are there, you want to do something. And you realize that you are incapable of doing it. Or you realize that it is difficult. Then all of a sudden somebody comes on the scene. And he said, I'll do it for you. Because what is mine is yours. And what is yours is mine. This is not a wonderful thing. I said, this is not a wonderful thing. For any young lady who wants to get married. And you have been trying to do it yourself. You've tried mascara. You've tried uh, extensions, foundation, superstructure. You have tried everything. You have gone for extra, extra bum. You have gone for shoulder pads. You have taken Brazilian hair, Indian hair, horse hair, eh? chimpanzee hair. You've tried to be slim. You've tried to put on weight. You have gone to all the discos in town. You've gone to all the churches. I remember once upon a time I went to visit a certain church. It was a wedding. I was sitting behind two ladies and I heard them conversing. Say, hey, I'm sorry, Hanon, dear. You have gone to all the weddings. <laughs> and you have gone to all the churches. You have been trying to do it yourself. I came with good news. Some will say good news. In the new covenant, you belong to God. God 
has a responsibility to make things happen for you. I can't hear an amen. amen. Begin to think about what you want to do in your life. You want to start a business. You want to open a shop. You want to marry. You want a good Christian life. I don't know what you want. Look at Ephesians chapter 3 verse 30. Let me show you something. 3.30. Begin to think about anything that you want to do. And begin to think about the one who you are doing it with. You belong to God and God belongs to you. He wants it even more than you want it. I say God wants it more than even you want it. Amen. In Ephesians chapter 3 verse 30, the Bible says something very interesting. And we are just about to close. Yamari mama zondori borusukotori kibrosukotonde. Shinari mama zondori momosukotonde ya. One of the ways by which you can understand that you belong to him and he belongs to you is to think of a marriage relationship also. A marriage relationship. In a marriage relationship, two people come together and what one has, the other party has. In fact, when they are sharing the vows, one of the things that they say is that all that is mine is thine, and all that is thine is mine, something like that. Can you imagine that all that God has is yours? Hey, think about it for a minute. That all that God has is yours. Imagine you were connected to the son of Bill Gates or even Bill Gates himself. And all that, you belong to Bill Gates and Bill Gates belongs to you. Katobi said, Katobi said, go Hey! Ephesians chapter 3 verse, uh, chapter 4 verse 30. Why chapter 4 verse 30? Is this in the Bible? Is this in the Bible, by the way? It says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. The Holy Spirit is the one that seals us in this belonging to each other. We belong to God and God belongs to us. Ladies and gentlemen, as you sit here this morning wondering all this thing that the pastor is saying, is it true? Is it true? Do I have a new heart? Is the law of God written on my heart? Is it true that I belong to him? Is it true that he belongs to me? Is it true that everything that I, I care about, he cares about? Is it true? I want you to know that it's true. What you care about, Jesus is also caring about because you belong to him and he belongs to you. I give you a message of hope this morning. I don't know what you have been caring about or thinking about. If you consider yourself in this new covenant, it's time to stop worrying. It's time to stop hala hala. Is there a word like that? Hala hala. Antonio, how did they say it? Hala hala. Ask somebody, hala hala, hala hala. Oh, hala hala. Oh, hala, hala. They are Christians who are. You don't know who you are working with. I don't know your situation. God feels the way you feel, He knows every thought, He sees every tear. Cast your burden upon him. If you are in the new covenant, believe God that you belong to him. You are his bona fide or bona fide, as somebody says. Property. If you are the property of God, <laughs> many years ago I had a friend he was a money lender still a money lender he's, when I knew him somewhere in the 1990s he was one of the top money lenders in Kumasi big time 
it, th th those days he wouldn't give you money below uh, five million. Now, and he was a tough one. He used to tell me, Soya, me me mausika. Eh, kwambia me fasu se meji misika na me fasu. Se meji misika kwa na ufamu yari kwa me mind. In fact, ufamu ukwa me mind. Se meji misika kwaandia me mind. Che, Soya, me me tse abua tono. Unim abua tono. Do you know tono? Who knows Tono? What is Tono? Tony? Tony? What language is that? But what language is that? Ga. Kemo Mukake. Tony. Tony. Ole Tony. Sabi. Mitise Abua. Tony. Unim Senia. Oye. A war. All this time he was talking to me. Unim Senia. Oye. A war. Unim a war. Honey or oni. Kwe. Okoha. Oko flower soup. Now oko baby. Now a faha. Now a faha. Sebi tafrache. If you check a oko fabi. Na odinina. I'm not saying my mind. That's what odinina fra. Now aye. Oni. Sana mitie. Na kai. Business. No problem. Here we go, let's go to the throne, the place that we belong. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For copies of this message and other messages by Reverend Samuel Sawyer, please contact the following numbers 0243 210323, 0274140073. 0242262694. If you are calling from outside Ghana, please begin with 00233 and email us at samsoya at yahoo.com. We invite you to visit us every Sunday morning at the LCI Rose of Sharon Cathedral, former Olympia Cinema, at 6.30 a.m., 8.30 a.m., and 10.30 a.m. Our youth and children's service also come on at 8.30 to 10.30 a.m. every Sunday. On Thursday evenings, we meet from 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock p.m. God bless you.